It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Brady Trantham, and for the next 30 minutes or so, you will be Locked On Thunder. It's Monday. It's everyone's favorite day. I know, I know, I know. And we've got quite a few days left until the Thunder are back in action. They actually don't play again until Friday night in Oklahoma City against Jeremy Grant and the Denver Nuggets. It'll be Jeremy Grant's first game back in Oklahoma City since being traded back in the offseason back around July 5th or 6th, I believe. I was actually in the airport in Oklahoma City heading to Summer League in Las Vegas, which even then at the time felt a little like I was going to the wrong place at the absolute wrong time considering the team that I was covering was slowly unfolding before my very eyes. But it ended up being a good trip. It was a fun trip. Everything happened as it was. And other things happened, and now we are here, and you are listening to Locked on Thunder with me, Brady Trantham. I've been covering the Thunder since 2014 and since 2018 with 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 The Franchise, and Tulsa as their lead Thunder insider, Thunder contributor, Thunder dude, and performing spot duty whenever I am needed. For instance, I was on the morning show this morning filling in for Eddie Radosevich with Mike Steely and another person filling in for somebody else, Matt Burton, who you will hear quite frequently on OKC82 on our post-game shows. He's our producer for that show as well. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, he was filling in for Jesse Stone. Uh, that is a 4.30 morning, ladies and gentlemen. That is a early morning, which is why this podcast is coming out a little bit later. I had to do some things after work, after the show went off around 9 o'clock. And then I had to hit the I had to hit the sheets. I had to go to bed. I was just so tired. The All Star game was exciting. We will get to that in a second. And uh, I guess I got a little too much into it because I stayed up kind of late, considering I had to wake up super super early. So apologies for this one coming out a little bit later. But just like I mentioned, the OKC eighty two podcast is my other Thunder podcast, where I basically sit down with Madison Morris on the post-game show for 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 The Franchise in Tulsa. From home games, we are at Flint Restaurant beneath the Cold Cord Hotel right after tip right after the game ends. So, if you're in the if you're in the area, if you're leaving the arena or if you're just wanting to get a bite to eat or have a drink after the game and let traffic kind of die down, then come over to Flint 
say hi to us. Now, this Friday, I don't think we will be doing the post-game show, so we'll probably have to do a, a classic OKC82 from a studio setting, which will be a nice little change of pace, like the old days. But yes, you can subscribe to that anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. It's free. I'd appreciate it if you gave it a follow. And you can also hear us on the Franchise Thunder Insider Show with Jerry Ramsey, John Hamm, Madison Morris, and me. Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. till noon. And because because I'm in the middle of a commitment to taking yoga classes, I usually pop on around 10.30 because my yoga class on Saturday mornings ends at around 10. It takes me about 15, 20 minutes to get to the station from the studio. But we have fun talking Thunder basketball and talking hoops. We didn't have a show last week, so we had the week off a little bit. So I'm pretty sure this Saturday show will be very, very fun. And please feel free to follow me on Twitter at Brady Does Sports as well. And I also want to give a little shout out to my fellow Thunder coveragers <laughs> at the franchise, Ryan Chapman and Christine Butterfield. They help us out a ton on the beat, and they're going to be a little bit more visible, a little bit more vocal as we get further along in this season, of course, especially with Madison and I being uh, allocated to doing more post-game shows, so we won't be able to be in the arena following the games as much as we'd like. But they being Ryan and Christine, they do a wonderful job. I'm excited to have them on with us. But they also have their own little podcast that they do called Sideline Warning, which is available everywhere that you listen to podcasts as well. And I was actually on it last week, and we talked a lot about the Thunder. Of course, that was the main topic. And uh, let's just say it's some NSFW language. So apologies if you are used to hearing me on this podcast where I don't curse. Uh, but that was immediately following the Spurs loss last week um, after all the post-game duties were done, after all the in-arena stuff was done. So it was pretty late. I might have been a little grumpy, but it's still a good listen. I I enjoyed recording with Ryan and Christine. But again, it's the Sideline Warning Podcast. It's the latest one. Go give that a subscribe and go give it a listen as well. Well, let's dive right into the fun, fun All-Star weekend that was... And boy, was it. I mean, you have everything from the national angle being, in my opinion, probably the most enjoyable All-Star weekend as a whole in recent memory, like where everything just hit. The Rising Stars game was fun, even though nobody played defense. The three-point contest was excellent. The slam dunk contest was controversial. Now, the Miami Heat fan in me is going to be happy that Derrick Jones Jr. won, and I will not slander the name of Dwayne Wade. He was not the only person who threw out a nine, and please lose me with any of those first two dunks that Aaron Gordon did that earned 50s. Those were not 50s. The judges wanted Aaron Gordon in the finals, so it all balanced out. But the slam dunk contest was still entertaining. And then, of course, wow, did the NBA get this knock this out of the park with the rule changes and what you know what Chris Paul had a lot to do with the rule changes and that kind of segues into the local angle because you had Buddy Heald former Oklahoma Sooner great winning the three-point contest on the last shot you had Shea Gillis Alexander in the Rising Stars Challenge in the skills competition as as well as Trey Young another former Sooner who also <laughs> bless his heart was awful in the three-point contest but he was still there and then you had Trey Young in the All-Star game as well, getting the start. So just no matter what, if you were just a basketball fan in the state of Oklahoma, or if you're just an NBA fan, you probably had a lot of fun this weekend. And you're probably going to be like me a little bit where, yeah, I, I appreciate that there is a break 
until the next game. But, man, that was so exciting that I actually just wanted a little bit more. And I'm kind of bummed that the Thunder don't play until Friday. And I'm, I think the players report back to Oklahoma City either when – I think on Wednesday. They won't practice, I'm pretty sure, that day. But I'm fairly certain that they will practice Thursday. So look forward to Thursday audio from practice when that rolls around. But, yeah, I'm sure they're enjoying their, their time off. But it was so exciting this past weekend that I just really want to watch basketball tonight. It's going to feel weird not turning on League Pass tonight, just trying to find something to watch. Well, let's get right down into it, into the Rising Stars Challenge. Shea Gillis Alexander finished with 16 points. He only played 23 minutes. Did get the start. He was 7 of 15 from the floor. Only 1 of 7 from the three-point line. Yikes. Not good. Not good at all. Finished with no turnovers, though, and that's, that's very good. Three fouls, though. What's going on here? But the world team that Shea Gillis Alexander was playing for did lose by 20 to the U.S. team, 151 to 131. Again, nobody played defense in this game. And especially the rim. Bless that rim's heart when Zion had to dunk on it. My goodness, Zion, Zion. Like, I don't want to bore you guys with Zion Williamson again. Uh, I think we talked about him more than enough on the last episode. And apologies for those that were a little bit annoyed. But man, is the NBA in good hands with its young talent. And Shea Gillis-Alexander is very much not just... Yeah, we'll throw his name in there just because. No, he's very much in that conversation as well. I mean, he... He's a different type of exciting player, as we all know. He's not going to wow you with his athleticism. He's not going to wow you with just being able to jump out of the gym and physically dominate. His path is going to be a little bit different, but I think his path is, of course, a little bit more indicative of where the Thunder actually want to go as a franchise, where they were so heavily reliant on one-sided players and supernova-type players to do everything else in their last decade. Shea Gillis-Alexander, like we've talked about time and time again, has a positive foundation of being able to do a lot of things, play team basketball, share the basketball, play off the ball. And if he's one of your better players, that will probably trickle down. But that's a conversation for another day. And then we fast-forward to Saturday. Unfortunately for Thunder fans, Shea Gillis-Alexander was ousted in his first matchup in the skills competition against... Milwaukee Bucks forward Chris Middleton. And ironically, it was the passing obstacle. He couldn't perform the chess pass, and it gave Middleton the advantage he needed to ultimately win out. And then Bam Adebayo actually won the entire skills competition against former Thunder great <laughs> DeMontis Sabonis. When we get back, more Thunder stuff, more exciting Thunder stuff over the All-Star weekend. The All-Star game itself, all that when we get back. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And welcome back to the Locked on Thunder podcast, everybody. 
Yes, no Thunder players in the three-point contest, but there was the local angle with Trey Young and Buddy Heald. And what you know it, the former Sooners bookended the entire competition with Trey Young getting the lowest score, was out fairly early. You know, some players I feel like, just like how some players like a Russell Westbrook, Russell always claimed to be a very good in-game dunker, but not necessarily like a, a type of player that can really show off with his dunks in an open gym. Like he's not, I guess he would consider himself not a showman when it came to dunking, but I, I would hesitate for Russell Westbrook to downplay anything that he could do. But you get what I'm saying. With that, I feel like that there are some players that are kind of similar with three-point shooting where they can make a ton of shots. They can make a ton of shots in an open gym when no one's defending them. And then some players can hit them in a game when they are being defended, and those are your high-end level players, of course. And some players can just do both. I mean, look no further than last year when Paul George was in the three-point contest. And we all know Paul George is a great three-point shooter. He does it every single night against defenses gearing to stop him. But then you put him into a contest environment, and he just threw up so many bricks it was almost comical. I'm sure Thunder fans would laugh about it now, actually. But I think Trey Young's kind of one of those players right now, especially this early in his career. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back next year and tries to uh, clean up his reputation after that stinker of a performance. But Buddy Heald wins the three-point contest against Devin Booker, and it went exactly how you would want, ideally, a three-point contest to come down to. Devin Booker went first in the final round. He finished with 26 points. And Buddy Heald got to the last rack, the left corner, where all the money balls were, with 19 points. And he hit his first three shots, and he got down to 25 points. He misses his fourth shot, and it comes down to the final shot. And Buddy Heald takes off, shoots it, and then immediately just kind of runs for because I think he knew it was good as soon as it left his hand. And it did fall true. Buddy Heald beats Devin Booker on the last shot to win the three-point competition. And we won't talk that much about the slam dunk contest because, to be honest, I'm getting a little tired of every time somebody either doesn't make an all-star game or loses, we have we have this mentality of somebody was robbed or, oh, boo-hoo, poor Devin Booker, poor Damian Lillard, poor Rudy Gobert. They did not make the all-star game or they did not win or they got robbed. And, look, sometimes it's it's warranted. I thought Aaron Gordon got robbed a few years ago when he lost to Zach Levine because Aaron Gordon did a he performed that dunk where he put the ball basically under his butt, lifted both legs up in the air. We've never seen it. We've never seen a dunk like that. I can't think of a, a time where we've seen a dunk like that. And this is, you know, we're, we're forty or so some odd years into the dunk contest. We've seen about every single dunk that human beings can perform, and that's why we're getting into all this silly showmanship with props and getting celebrities to basically hold the ball down or hold the ball up in the air or like flip it off the backboard you know we've seen about every single dunk and Aaron Gordon performs that dunk a few years ago and he loses to Zach Levine that in my opinion was you know that was some robbery this time like I said in the opening of the show I didn't think Aaron Gordon earned 50s in those first few dunks I really feel like because of that whole mentality that I just talked about. Oh, Aaron Gordon got screwed a few years ago, so we're going to do him well. I feel like the judges really wanted him in the dunk contest in the finals. And so 
if Dwayne Wade, you know, Dwayne Wade's going to be biased. He's going to want his boys to win the, the dunk contest. But again, it didn't come down to him. And Derrick Jones is no, he's no scrub. He has the perfect balance between athleticism and power because you see some guys that have all the athleticism, but they don't finish strong. I mean, look at a guy like Pat Connaughton. Incredibly athletic, can jump out of the gym, but every every one of his dunks, while impressive, he didn't finish strong, so he didn't have the power. And then you have guys like JaVale McGee or Serge Ibaka in the dunk contest a few years ago where they can just throw it down with authority, but they don't really have a lot of the, the showmanship or the athleticism that really wows you in a dunk contest environment. And I really feel like Derek Jones has that perfect balance. I think he, I think he was a worthy winner. And that last 360 dunk where he finished with his left hand, oh, man, that was good. So, again, feel sorry for – I feel bad for Aaron Gordon, but I think he needs to be a little bit more concerned with cleaning up his jump shot when the Magic eventually and hopefully trade him somewhere else where he will be a little bit more important in the grand scheme of things of the NBA. You can be an athlete all you want down in Orlando, but if you get traded to a team that's making the playoffs, you better work on your flaws, man. And then we get to the All-Star game, and what an All-Star game it was. I mean, with all the Kobe tributes – those were all beautiful. Shaka Khan's national anthem, yikes. That's all I'm going to say about that. But I think it went about as well, if not probably better than a lot of us assumed it was going to go. I think with all the rule changes, I think we could understand that, okay, yeah, it's going to be like every other all-star game where it's going to be dunk contests, it's going to be no defense, it's going to be like three, 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 threes all over the place. Uh, crazy passes that end up being turnovers and basically guys are just running back and forth for a few possessions. It's going to be like that for the first three quarters. And then the fourth quarter, no matter what the rules are, I mean, these guys are going to play a little bit harder. But having the team, total team leader, because of course every quarter they would start back at zero, but they would keep a running tally. And whoever was leading at the end of that third quarter you would just add 24, and the reason why they picked 24, of course, is Kobe Bryant's number in his honor. So whatever score the leading team had, you just add 24 to that, and then basically the first team in the fourth quarter to hit that grand total number wins. And oh my goodness, it was so much fun. It was so great. We saw the best players in the world all on the floor at the same time, and giving a damn. It was a beautiful thing. We saw we saw guys coming off screens. We saw screens being set in the All-Star game. We saw defense. We saw probably the first charge in NBA All-Star game history, at least a charge that was performed in terms of Kyle Lowry on purpose. Like I'm sure there might have been a token charge called here and there where somebody just absolutely bulldozes to the lane and that ref had no no choice but to call a charge, but Kyle Lowry with two charges and two clutch ones with good defense. It was just a great thing to see. Now, I, like the rest of you, a little bummed that the game had to end on a free throw. I really feel like that the, if they want to keep this formula going, and I hope that they do because it, it worked, you know, flying colors in my opinion, but that's something that they can certainly clean up, and it can be something as simple as, you can win off of a, of a free throw, but you have to be up by more than five points. So basically, it's it's like if you're up two possessions and you're going to the line to hit the you know get to the final score, then you win. But if you're anywhere, if you're five points or lower above, 
then you can hit your free throws, and then the other team gets a chance to come back and score. You know, basically like football overtime, but I don't know how else it would go from there. It could be something as simple as you've got to win by two. And, I mean, with that free throw last night, they ended up indeed winning by two, but maybe you increase it if it's from the free throw line, especially when, you know, these guys are going to be playing their hearts out. They're going to be defending. That increases the likelihood that fouls are going to be called. That increases the likelihood that guys will be going to the free throw line. So I feel like that that's something that the NBA is probably going to clean up probably as early as next year. I really wouldn't be surprised. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who could help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And then the final thing from the All-Star Game, oh my God, Chris Paul finished a lob dunk. I didn't know he could do that. And who threw the lob to him? Why, it was everybody's old friend, Mr. Russell Westbrook. I cannot wait to ask everybody, and I'm sure other people will be asking him during practice availability this week, guys like SGA or Steven or Dennis Schroeder, whoever we get a chance to talk to, hey, what did you think about Chris being able to finish a lob dunk? Did you think he could still do that? I'm pretty sure Shea's going to give some good audio because Shea will always never pass up an opportunity to just – basically say, yeah, I beat Chris Paul in every shooting contest. I beat him in everything, so I'm looking forward to that. Well, everybody, thank you so, so much for listening to Locked on Thunder. Appreciate that. Um, Like I said, the Thunder are back in action on Friday, so I don't really know what we'll be doing this week, but we will still have content out there. We might go back and look at some of the better Thunder games over the past a few weeks, maybe some concerns. I don't know, but we will put something out there for your listening pleasure. But everybody, thank you so, so much for listening, and I'll talk to you. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.